0: I watch too many movies. I watch too much TV. then you'll I'm head of April. The world needs more robots. I still
1: have a page of notes. I wasn't paying attention. Or lightning
2: rail. No, I'm not
1: ready. I'll just wing I'm it. in the zone.
2: Roll for May the force be with you. All right. Classic. Whatever makes you a discerning. The Discerning Geeks Portal. Welcome back, Discerning <laughs> Geeks and Geekettes. <laughs> to the discerning geeks portal where each week we take a discerning look into all things geek and this week we have a very special episode of super Sight. but before we get into that i want everybody to say hi so say hey dave hey dave hey dave Have I been asleep at my computer (laughs) all week? Yeah. Also, Dave,
3: did you say geeks and geekettes?
2: I did. Yeah. I thought I'd change it up this week.
3: (laughs) Will you stop trying to be (laughs) hip?
2: (laughs) We're pronoun neutral here. Sadly, I can't come up with one for all the different sections. So that's all I got. Geek and geekettes, so yeah.
3: Geek, geekettes and everything in between.
2: Dudes and dudettes. But yeah, um, how's everybody doing? Uh, pretty good. Evidently, we're all
3: yeah, sleep deprived. That,
2: that is probably hey, true. Let's go. All right. So we're having a good week. We're ready for a good episode. Todd, tell them what we're talking about. Okay, we are going to review Back to the Future Part 2. The past
1: one. <laughs> it, in the continuing madness of the uh, Wheel of Insanity.
2: Wheel of Insanity. The Wheel of Insanity.
1: It's supposed to be random, and we've used it fewer than 10 times so far, and all, already it's picked three Marvel movies and two Back to the Future movies. I don't, I don't know. That's all
0: right. We're going to get rid of them. No, we're just getting them out of the way. That's all it is.
1: So, Back to the Future Part 2. Dr. Emmett Brown transports Marnie McFly and Jennifer Parker to the far distant future of 2015 to correct life-altering mistakes made by their kids. In the process, Old Biff... Does some time traveling of his own, and Marty and Doc must return to 1955 to correct a horrible timeline created by Biff's actions.
0: Which, according to the other Marvel movie that we actually did a review, or probably will at some point, has told us is complete BS.
3: No, <laughs> right. no, 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 no. All right. When you're in different cinematic universes, time travel works differently. Okay.
0: I mean, when you reference one cinematic universe in another cinematic universe, you technically tie the two cinematic universes Ooh. together. So, I mean, if we're going to have this debate, that technically means that Marty McFly and Doc Emmett Brown both exist in the Marvel universe because no, they, of the they
3: mention the movie. So, in the Marvel cinematic universe, that means Back to the Future is fictional. It is not realistic there. So, well, therefore, it would apply the same way it does in our we universe. We assume. St-
0: Assume that, but these are superheroes who are all involved in this sort of strange, you know, superpowering type events. So, therefore, it may have seemed a movie, but how do we know it wasn't actually a documentary that what? these, you know, people actually had? Or well, we to?
2: could go back to the old Superman movie where you just have to spin the Earth backwards. So. Mm-hmm. You <laughs> no, no. see now you can't do that cuz now you're mixing now you're mixing Marvel and
0: DC which are two universes that are going to do everything they can to <laughs> it's never It's like
2: crossing the streams no. Right, <laughs> right. Leg- Lego
0: Lego will be able to get away with it. Lego can do it. Lego will probably do it and actually figure out a way to do it better than either one of them. <laughs> but I'm but when it comes to the actual DC and the Marvel that's unfortunately I I am going to have to agree that's a that's a that's a fail on the family on the family okay. feud there.
2: I don't even know. know that we let Todd finish the breakdown.
4: Not even close. Todd? <laughs> Can no, we get back to no, her?
2: Do no. yeah. we ever? Our, our, not really. our, our synopsis and, and what we're talking about today.
1: <laughs> okay, Back to the Future Part 2 is starring pretty much the same people as Back to the Future Part 1, which is mostly Christopher Lloyd, Leia, Leia Thompson, Michael J. Fox, playing not only Marty McFly, but also his son and his daughter.
3: Wait, and the daughter? Yeah, yeah.
1: You what? That? Hey, you didn't notice that? <laughs> no, what?
0: How obvious could it have been? Never mind. Just never I, I
3: I didn't notice her that much.
0: Come on, man.
3: She okay. was on the stairway. I keep forgetting she was there.
0: There was a close-up. Never mind.
3: You did watch this movie, right? I don't think he did. I don't this have is, to because is... I know in my heart it's the best one. <laughs>
1: Okay, so anyway, Crispin Glover did not return, and I'm not sure exactly why. I think he might be in some uh, stock footage from the first movie. For some reason, he didn't want to come back and play George McFly. So anytime George McFly is on screen and it's not stock footage, it's uh, Jeffrey Wiseman. Thomas Wilson also does a little bit of double duty, playing both Biff and his grandson Griff. And Claudia Wells also did not return as Jennifer Parker. Uh, unfortunately, in real life, her mother had cancer, so she kind of went away from acting there for a while, and she had to be replaced by Elizabeth Shue. the better actress. <laughs> Martin McClure and Wendy Jo Sperber did not return as Marty's siblings. We didn't get a cameo from Huey Lewis again, but we did get a cameo, and I don't know if you guys noticed this, but in the arcade, or not, excuse me, not the arcade, but the 80s Café, one of the two kids playing the arcade game
0: is Elijah is, Wood.
1: Is Elijah Wood, who went on to play Frodo in The Lord of the Rings. <laughs> <laughs>
0: and you, you talk about it's entirely possible this is the first time this kid was ever on film. Yes, because when you see how young he is, you're like, I know that guy. And then you're like, he's like six or seven. It's got to be.
1: Yeah, he, it was his film debut.
0: If you want to know why his dad didn't come back. Uh, the guy that played George McFly, mm. all you need to do is go to Netflix and watch the movies that made us and watch the episode where they talk about back to the future, because he's nuts evidently really. And so it wasn't really like a big shock that he probably, he probably yeah. wasn't invited back to be honest, but go ahead.
1: Yeah, maybe so. Okay. The movie was, was released on November 22nd, 1989 with a rating of PG It was once again written by Robert Zemeckis and Bob Gale and directed by Robert Zemeckis. Where you can find it, all those millions of people who have AMC Plus can stream this at no additional cost, but everybody else is going to have to rent or buy it from the usual sources. Um, We already covered stuff that happened in in real life history in 1985 and 1955 uh, when we reviewed Back to the Future Part 1. Check out that review. And the 2015 that is in this movie is so kind of make-believe that I was like, ah, I'm not going to cover the 2015 history. Uh, but the movie did come out in 1989, so I thought I'd go over just a few things that happened in 1989. Uh, on January 20th, George H.W. Bush was sworn in as the 41st president of the Read United my States. my lips. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's right. That that's was right. him. That
0: was yeah. him. That, yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It was yeah. W's daddy. Yeah. On November 21st, uh, our state, North Carolina, celebrated its bicentennial statehood. Woo! What's that again?
0: Our bicentennial.
1: Yeah, our, our two hundred uh, anniversary birthday, whatever you want to call it.
0: Hey,
1: the we're state Two
3: hundred like fifty years old, Thomas. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Uh, a few historical things that happened in nineteen eighty nine: uh, the Berlin Wall came down. A 44-year-old mummy was discovered in Egypt, and the Dalai Lama won the Nobel Peace Prize for his nonviolent campaign to end China's domination over Tibet.
0: Sadly, they've never found him because he's still hiding in Tibet. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. Bad joke. Uh,
1: a few things that happened with technology in 1989. The World Wide Web was invented by Tim Berners-Lee in Switzerland. I thought
0: I oh, no. <laughs> Somebody lied to me!
1: Well, he might have taken
2: credit, but apparently he 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 invented the internet. You had to have the internet before you had the World Wide Web.
1: Actually, I think I read somewhere that there is technically a difference between the internet and the World Wide Web.
4: Actually, I think think Todd's right. I think there is technically a difference
0: between the World Wide Web and the internet.
4: The internet is a massive network of networks. The World Wide Web is the information that is accessed through the internet. The internet is the infrastructure. The web is the software. If the internet were a bookstore... The web would be the books. I'm just kidding, of course. Everyone knows the Internet is a system of tubes and pneumatic cylinders and that the World Wide Web is created by an army of robotic spiders.
1: Um, so let me see. Also in technology, the first GPS satellite <laughs> went into orbit. Nintendo came out with the Game Boy. Yes! <laughs> and Japan aired the first daily broadcast of a high-definition TV program. Really? Uh, as Yep. Uh, As far as entertainment, some TV shows that premiered in 1989 were Seinfeld, Coach, The Simpsons, G.I. Joe, Saved by the Bell, Baywatch, Doogie (laughs) Howser, M.D., American (laughs) Gladiators, and most importantly, two of my favorites, Quantum Leap and Alien Nation.
3: Never seen Uh, either. Oh, oh, Oh. I think I
1: heard Todd. Now, Quantum
0: Leap, you definitely got to see. Alien Nation is... is, uh... I like it, but it's. I think you have. For me to enjoy Alien Nation, you had to enjoy Enemy Mine. If you don't enjoy Enemy Mine, you to me you won't really get Alien Nation.
2: Did we, we review Enemy
3: Mine? Or it y'all did? reviewed. I was there in the background. I think you were. You were still. You were yeah. still human resourcing or something. I I, I was still filing paperwork.
1: The top ten movies in 1989, uh, starting with number 10 were Dead Poet Society. Oh, good Yay! Parenthood, Driving Miss Daisy,
0: oh, Ghostbusters movie. Oh, that's you also
1: know. a good movie. Uh, so Ghostbusters 2 was number seven, and then Back to the Future 2 was number six. Mm. Honey, I shrunk the kids, what? Look Who's Talking, Lethal Weapon 2. Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, oh. and number one was Batman, and we reviewed Batman in episode number three of this podcast. So mm-hmm. check out that review. I bet. Uh, you know, it's funny.
0: None of us have put honey, uh, any of the uh, "Honey, I Shrunk the Kid" stuff on our sci-fi list. I don't think.
1: No. We yeah, haven't. they they were big at the time, but it, it's been a while since then. Yeah, they
0: don't age well. Yeah. Uh, and which is sad because if if you like Rick Moranis who is an actual very I think a very excellent actor and he's just now started to get back into it um, you, you know uh, he 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 does such a great job especially when it comes to these kind of uh, sort of comedy movies and a lot of them did have to do with kind of sci-fi aspects you know with Ghostbusters and and the Honey I Shrunk the Kids stuff and and I think there was like three or four movies actually in that series uh, re- led by Disney. He um, he took time off. I think, unfortunately, if I remember right, his wife passed away. Right? And and mm. he decided that he mm. wanted to be there with his kids. Yeah, his yep. wife did
1: pass away in 1991. Oh. Yeah, that's
0: what I thought. I, th- I thought his, his wife got sick and he basically decided to... to look after his kids didn't want to have somebody else do it and and now that they're grown he's starting to pick up a few
3: acting things
1: yeah Mm -hmm. well speaking of kids and passing away i've got births and deaths from 1989
3: uh wow whoa whoa, whoa, whoa. no go back to the transition 1989 speaking of kids and passing away (laughs) yeah
1: i have births and deaths from 1989 i thought that was pretty smooth (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> I, I, I think I heard a nine. I, I, thought, it, I thought you actually said 1999.
1: Uh, okay. Oh, maybe I did. Maybe I did. It's all okay, good. It's all good. It's, it's 1989. All right. So uh, births, I've, I just got to October 1st was Brie Larson, uh, an actress known for playing Captain Marvel in the MCU. Mm. And we reviewed mm. Captain Marvel in uh, our episode number 47 of this podcast.
4: You're not going to like it. Or maybe you will, like I did. I'm wearing my Captain Marvel socks right now.
3: It was pretty bad.
1: November twenty second, Alden Ehrenreich was born, and he is the actor best known for playing Han Solo in Solo: A Star Wars Story, which reviewed in Episode Eight of this podcast, which
0: I loved, and everybody else was like, "Is garbage." I haven't watched it. Please do, and tell me it's like the greatest Star Wars movie ever.
3: Mm, No, I don't know.
0: I don't know if I can say that. It's just my favorite. Episode
3: Eight was my
1: favorite. And then as far as deaths on April 26th, we lost Lucille Ball. uh, uh, You know, I hope you mean boo as far as her death. Yeah,
0: yeah.
1: I do. I'm Uh, not not, I say a lot of things.
0: We're saying a lot of things. Yeah, we would say, I will say a lot of things, but there'll be certain things that will never be booed. Lucille Ball will never be booed. Betty White will never be booed. No, no. I was booing her death.
2: Sorry.
1: Okay. okay. Yeah. And on top of her own show, which she was, of course, famous for, I think, I, I don't remember the details, but I think she is at least partially responsible for saving the original Star Trek series.
0: Uh, I think there is a story that has to do with that because there was something about Lucille Ball was probably one of the craftiest and smartest people in Hollywood and nobody knows it. But basically she worked out a, a way to where she owned everything she did.
4: According to some sources, Lucille Ball supported the production of Star Trek several times over the objections of her own board of directors. And she may have at least partially financed the second pilot when the first pilot episode was rejected by NBC.
0: And they caved because they knew she meant business. Hmm. It was pretty, it was, it was, it was like strong arm from what I understand. We'll look into it and see if we can't bring you the story.
1: Okay. All right. And then two more deaths on July 10th, Mel Blanc. Uh, famous voice actor I, I think he's most famous for voicing the looney tunes characters from warner brothers yeah and then on october 6th we also lost betty davis famous film and television actor. and we are recording in august i've also got movies that turn 10 20 30 40 and 50 years old in august but do you want me to say that for next time
2: yeah, we may need to Because we're already Like running yeah. about A third of our episode And we haven't even Got to the movie yet
0: Yeah, no, I still nice. want to Understand why Andrew Is trying to defend That Back to the Future 2 Is the best one Out of all three of them
2: That's because It's the best, best one. One. Oh
0: gosh It's okay, not that you, hard Then you start, son
2: So yeah Back to the Future 2 Middle one out of the three We had good reviews For the first one I think everybody Liked it And, and gave it Pretty high reviews but what did everybody think about the second one? Andrew's kind of joked with us and, and kind of pulled that it's the best of the of them. I'm not sure. Who, what do you, Andrew tell us what you think about this one? Well,
3: I think it's a cinematic masterpiece. Okay. And for a first movie in a sci-fi trilogy, the second one not only kept things interesting but totally revamped how we saw everything in the movies okay. today.
2: Interesting. Okay. Todd, what'd you think of it? What'd you think of number two? I definitely liked
1: it. I think I probably liked it a lot more as a kid because this one is the one that goes in the future. So it has all the cool gadgets and technology and stuff like that. So like the upside, upside
0: down that, Pepsi bottle. I haven't <laughs> quite figured that out, but that's cool.
1: Yeah. So I, I think I probably liked it a lot better as a kid and any time before 2015, because of course, once you get to 2015 and you realize we still don't have flying cars, we still don't have jackets that dry themselves, uh, we still don't have uh, tennis shoes that lace themselves up. Technically,
0: I- technically, hang on. Technically, Nike actually did for the 2015 anniversary Back to the Future 2, It was only one pair, but they actually did build auto lacing shoes and gave them to michael j fox
3: that's Um, pretty cool
0: so in a way that one actually did come true
1: (laughs) yeah but but once you actually get to 2015 in real life and we're six years later and and we still don't have some of that stuff how practical was
3: half that stuff though
1: I, i don't know but it just makes that portion of the movie just seem kind of Quaint in some ways, but also just kind of off base and, and not totally because I supposedly well, I mean, recently even the makers
0: Bill Clinton should have never been president because if Bill Clinton had not been president, we would have had that crap. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh,
3: that's, okay, that's, that's, that's all I got. He's convinced. Um,
1: well, I think supposedly, if I remember correctly, the makers of the movie recently said. Uh, that they didn't try to guess realistically what would be in the future in 2015. They just wanted to make a fun movie. I don't know whether to believe them or not. I, more than likely, they're telling the truth at least partially because I don't know if anybody really could have said, oh yeah, by 2015 we'll really have uh, flying cars. But there again, there have been some other movies out there that have predicted that we'd have them by now. In fact, I think uh, Blade Runner might have been one of them. I think the first two thirds of the movie are kind of messy, but then all of a sudden, the last third of the movie, everything just kind of comes together and slows down and becomes more palatable. And then it has this awesome cliffhanger at the end. So overall, I think it's still pretty good.
0: Now Now, here's the question, though. Is it possible that the supposed Cubs win in Back to the Future 2 inspired the actual Cubs win five years later? because technically the cubs they were only 5 years off of the cubs winning the world series in the movie. Hmm.
4: I don't know. They were only off by 1 year. The Chicago Cubs won the 2016 World Series with a score of 4 to 3 against the Cleveland Indians. They won the World Series against the Detroit Tigers in both 1907 and 1908. So their championship drought lasted 108 years.
2: No, I'm with you, Todd. I I look at this movie and it's definitely like three sections of movies and each one I have almost a different rating for the We start off the, the beginning of the movie and they're in the future. It's kind of neat, but it's just, eh. and and so I'm just kind of like, Oh, okay. It's okay. And then they come back and they're in their present, but it's an altered presence where Biff has become this billionaire and he runs everything. and, I don't know why I cannot stand that part. What that that part of the the movie just aggravates well, it's so, me. So it's
0: so dramatic because yeah. you, you would you you have to you you sit there and you go. There's no way this would happen because right. you would think that it that somebody at some point would go blah. It kind of gets explained when he ends up at the casino and and you see that little you know, here's
2: the history of Biff. The history, yeah. history
0: of Biff. And, and you realize, okay, because what he did was, it was the whole like Potter, you know, yeah. Potter field from, from like, what's it's a wonderful life where you had this guy and he basically just, he made all this money and he just, he did the, all these other different things. And he, it was, it wasn't exactly for he did he only did it for wealth, so he didn't really care what he was into. So, you know, he invested in toxic waste and blah 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 and all this kind of crap. But obviously he must have also been buying up property. Because that's probably literally what it is. When they when they mean he owns the town, he probably literally does own the town. He owns like all the property. And so that's the reason it's it's all just a cesspool, because he doesn't give a crap about it. Well and, technically
3: it's not realistic at all but, because legally you can't own a monopoly like that. It's just not
0: no, that's different. You're thinking of something different. Um certainly one person could own all all that land if he can if he buys it. if yeah, he buys it least, legally, he can own it.
3: At least uh, not the business. Like his business would probably get hit with a couple of it, it's not possible to like
0: Right. Well, yeah, that's what we're saying. That that you know, there's if he was running it as as much as it looks like that it ended up being bad. That, yeah, you know, what's going on? But then again, you know, if the guy's been, what was it? They said he made his first million at a racetrack in like 58 or something. Wasn't that what he said?
2: So oh, if he made. Yeah, it was like when he was really young. But. And so
0: you're kind of sitting there <laughs> thinking, well, if he bet enough to make a million, then yeah, he's probably got so much freaking money, he, he doesn't care. You know what I mean? So.
2: Yeah. I, I, like I said, I, I just don't like that section of the movie. Right. It, it just doesn't appeal to me at all. And, and I almost kind of like want to just fast forward through it, but because then you get to the end and they go back, you know, back in time and, and he's kind of re seeing those scenes and that to me, that like makes the movie. Um, and it's almost enough that I can excuse the the crappy part in the middle. Um, because it, it does, it, 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 it's a good part and and it's a wonderful part of the story and i love the cliffhanger at the end but that that middle is just i don't know it's just horrid <laughs> and that's just yeah it's big. unpleasant yeah it's, it's not even enjoyable to I think watch it's
0: supposed to be and i think that's oh, yeah, it's, exactly. i think that's i almost kind of think that's why it's so dramatic and probably why it affects people the way it does uh from from the point of going oh my god this is just i don't want to watch this part because it's so bad I mean, it's entirely possible that they might have even done that. They said, look, we just want this just bad act it like the whole way through or whatever, Uh, because this is just supposed to be the cringeworthy part of the whole film to show you how bad it is. So that when we get to this other part, you will have an invested interest. Because I actually believe Muppet logic is, is, is good logic. In The Great Muppet Caper, there's this one point where Miss Piggy's trying to get a job and she's talking to the French fashion artist. And the French astronaut just tells her this whole long story about her brother and how they don't get along and blah, 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 and all this stuff. And Miss Piggy's like, why are you telling me all this? And she goes, it's plot exposition, dear. It has to go somewhere. And I'm just sitting and, – and I always think about that sometimes during a movie where I'm like, that's what that is. That is plot exposition. It's like we, we need to tell you how bad it is so that you will give a crap. Um, as far as the movie goes, um, I, I don't believe it's the best one out of the three. But yet, I also treat this a lot like the Marvel Cinematic Universe, in which there are weak movies in it, but there's not bad movies in it. Um, I mean, there may be some people that disagree with that. But in in this one, uh, Back to the Future 2 is the, the weak one. But a lot of it also has to do where if you don't have this second one, you don't enjoy the third one as much as you do. And so... Uh, I don't think this is going to be anything where we're going to be like, oh my God, it's the most horrible thing. You should never watch it. No, 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 no. By all means, it's still a very fun movie, but yeah, it's just, that's what I think about it.
3: Uh, Yeah, I definitely agree with you on the middle part is so horrid to build up the, the climax, you know, it's all there for a reason. It's very quiet. I know. Right. Did we lose them? I bet
1: Dave switched mics again and it screwed up. Yeah, um, definitely. I'm still
3: here,
0: but... Then next? I bet, you any, I bet you anything, Dave switched mics again or uh, and, he, and he messed it up.
3: He has to go to the bathroom again.
0: I don't think he had to go to the bathroom again. Again. That's why I gave him that bottle. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, all right. Just, just in case he's gone, uh, what about the the good stuff? Because we're already kind of talking a little bit about the bad stuff. But what are some of the highlights
3: of this movie? Obviously, the end. The end is like amazing. No. Well, the mm. end's a
0: great. I mean, it's a great cliffhanger. I mean, I have to say that there's not many cliff. First of all, we're not really big on cliffhanger movies. Because there, there, there have been times where I've seen a cliffhanger movie and I've just wanted to, like, thunk my head against the table and just cuss the people that made it going, how dare you do this to me? Uh, however, when it comes to to this one, Back to the Future 2, no, this is probably the best cliffhanger movie and done in the best way that I think could ever possibly be imagined. Uh, the other thing I liked is I honestly think when they, when they said um, – okay, so uh, Mr. Fox, uh, what we're doing in this film is you're going to go back to basically kind of the first film and we're going to do things in between uh, the major points of those film and there's going to be certain there's stuff where we're going to do where it's going to be like you were there twice but luckily you never saw yourself but the audience is going to know you were there twice. I, I don't know why I have this feeling but it was at the moment that Doc goes, here's some money go get a disguise that they just went, Mm -hmm. here's the wardrobe, pick what you want. It's all from the fifties. Just pick what you want. And I don't know why I have a feeling he himself picked the fedora and the leather jacket. Um, and to me it fits that it's this kind of weird opposite from the first movie where, you know, he's trying to blend in with the fifties. And so now what he's doing is because he's trying to avoid all, uh, Blending in or whatever, or, or, or I exactly don't know what he went the other way. He went to the other spectrum of, of what we kind of, what we thought about the fifties, because if you've ever seen the movie outsiders, there was the, uh, you know, the, 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 Oh God, I can't think of the name. It was the the pressure or the anyway, there was two sides of town and, and it was like, one was on one side of the tracks and the others was on the other side of the tracks. And one was like greasers and you know, all that so, or maybe it was really more like Happy Days, where instead of him being, you know, Archie or whatever, he was the Fonz, and I thought it was kind of funny to see that kind of play out in a subliminal way in Back to the Future Two, where he gets he decides to be the Fonz in this one, so he gets the leather jacket, the fedora, and he's acting all spy and everything, and I, I just I think that to me that worked.
1: It, it did for me too. That's actually on my list of good things. I'm not sure exactly what his reasoning was in knowing Marty. There probably was no. reason. Reasoning, I just thought it was cool that he took this money from the dock and he didn't buy practical clothes. He just got what he wanted. He got the leather jacket. And that's, the hat that's what and I he, felt. And he still stayed in his 1980s jeans and his sneakers. And so he still stood out. But like you said, he was kind of skulking in the shadows. So he it's like, you know, if I got to be sneaky, I'm at least going to be comfortable.
0: Right. <laughs> It was, it was all, like, very, like, CIA. Like, he was – I don't know what – I guess, you know, that's actually, I have to say, a very bright point in the film where uh, I think uh, he didn't have to worry about doing Family Matters. Wasn't it Family Matters? Yeah. Or Family Ties. Um, family Ties, yeah. Yeah. he did, I don't think he had to worry about doing Family Ties. Like, in the first one, he would do the parts of the movie and then he would have to go and shoot – Uh, family ties and then come back. And so it was very tiring. Uh, Another thing you learn if you you watch that Netflix special, uh, I I don't think he had to worry about that. And so it seems like when they kind of told him, I don't know if they told him to kind of ham up the whole, you know, you're a secret agent type thing, or maybe they did. But to me, it worked. Where it it just seems like he's having, he seems like he's having so much fun, Being the whole, like, I've got to find this book and I've got to follow Biff and blah, 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 and all this stuff. To me, it just seems to come through the screen where he had such fun just playing that, that it really, really works.
1: I just looked up Family Ties. It ended in May fourteen. It, it, it concluded on May 14th, 1989. So I don't know. It's possibly still had to, to shoot both a little bit at the same time with this movie coming out in November, 1989. But it was near the end of the sitcom's run. Yeah. So so we already talked about it being one of the greatest cliffhangers. And I already mentioned how it got so much better when it went to nineteen. 19- 55, and I think partially because it got to slow down. There's something about the 1955 setting that is just simpler and kind of slower and a little bit more focused, uh, where everything was kind of weird and wild in uh, 2015 and the modified 1985. I also like the fact that it got back to the focus of Doc and Marty, uh, because I think that's that's really the best parts of all three movies are just those two characters interacting and talking about the cliffhanger a little bit. I also thought it was pretty interesting that this movie ends with a trailer for the next installment, which I'm not sure is something that any other movie has done.
2: Oh yeah, it does. Yeah. That was actually pretty cool. Oh, there it he was. is. <laughs> yeah. No, back. Um, I'm back. Did the, you get uh, done
0: peeing in the bottle? <laughs> <laughs> I
2: had to take my, my test. Uh, Oh, so yeah, no the um, I'm with you, Todd. I think the the strength of part of the, one of the biggest strengths of the whole series, the whole Back to the Future series, all three movies, is how Doc and Barty play off of each other and and their interactions and their inner and if you think of kind of the weakest part in this movie, they're not together. Like, you yeah. know, yeah, yeah. we don't get Doc at all, really. And I think that's part of the weakness of it. You know, it does lead you up. And I love the trailer. I, I'm really excited. I, I can't wait to do Back to the Future 3. Um, I don't want to get ahead of ourselves too much. But uh, um, to me, oh, it could there's a, Now, there is a
0: buttload of foreshadowing oh, yeah. for the third movie in the second movie. But you've got to keep okay. your eyes open.
3: Oh, yeah, when uh, Doc is, like, talking about how he has to destroy the time machine, and he's like, I didn't even get to travel to my favorite era, the Old West. Yeah,
0: (laughs) Yeah, and don't forget about the movie that's playing on the TV at Biff's house.
3: Oh, yep, yep. Yep. There's a ton of little...
0: Which is why I don't necessarily agree with you, Dave. When, when you say that it, that one of the things that hurt it, because I do in a way agree with you, that interaction between the doc and Marty is, is just f- fabulous. Uh, it's one of the reasons why I don't think this movie will ever be rebooted. I'm not sure I can say ever, but we'll all be dead and gone by the time they reboot it. If anybody's smart, our generation... I, like us, me, you, Todd, and and you know me, you, and Todd. Our generation have to be gone. Has to be gone before they reboot it. Because if they don't, it'll never work. Um, because it just I just don't think it won't will. Um, but yet, I think this also brings up a, a very poignant fact of one of the who I think is one of the unsung heroes of the film, which is the guy that plays Biff. Um, I think he does a great job. Even being as, as kind of a dastardly guy that he is, playing his character so well, uh, being old, being from, the Marty, from Marty's uh, fixed future and his unfixed future, um, to back to the, being the 50s guy and et cetera and so forth, he, I think he does such an outstanding job of playing his character that it does make up for the fact that Doc and Marty aren't together. And that's just me. I I think if you didn't, if you had not have had him and his acting, um, filling in those gaps to drive what was going on, because really, in my opinion, he's what's driving this film. Um, you're, you're watching Marty and doc try to catch up to him. And that's how I look at it. And I don't think if he did, if he hadn't done the job that he did, um, I don't think it. I don't think it would have worked as well as it as it turned out.
1: I don't know how true this is, but you're talking about uh, uh, the or, like. I think I think you said that this would never be remade. Supposedly, according to Wikipedia, and I think I've heard this somewhere else before. Co writer and director Robert Zemeckis has final rights to all films in the Back to the Future franchise, and has stated that he will block all attempts to remake or reboot the original film. The other co-writer, Bob Gale, has stated that he does not wish to see any other film in the series without the Marty McFly character nor any other actor playing him other than Michael J. Fox. And considering Fox's current health condition with with Parkinson's and everything, he's assuming that that would make it impossible. So, uh, yeah, I don't think it's ever going to happen until maybe Robert Zemeckis and or Bob
2: Gale pass away.
3: (laughs) Yeah, we're never going to get a remake, but we are going to get a part four what they uh, totally
2: yeah keep dreaming uh, um, <laughs> so no. we're moving right along dude so i want to make sure we've kind of talked already about some some positives and negatives but does anybody have any like specific positives that they do want to point out for this so we can the dog i
3: that's it. Yeah, just
2: the dog Einstein? okay mm. yeah he's only in the movie for like Ten minutes, and
3: <laughs> it's a dog, and it's there, and it's cute, and neat
2: yeah. okay. <laughs> um,
3: uh, the really bad, but
0: yet at the time breakthrough uh, CGI uh, uh, jaws attack on Marty.
3: Oh yeah, that was funny.
2: <laughs> there are those fun things in the in that scene. You in mean you use your
0: hand? That's like a baby's toy.
2: <laughs> yeah. Um. That there are some of those fun. The, I love the shark, the jaws, the hoverboard, um, the hoverboard, and kind of recreating that scene again. You know, with the uh, the skateboard scene. You know, some of that's pretty cool. I actually liked how they played up. You know, I don't know if you caught it, but when they get to the future, you know, they're like, "Oh, we live in I forget the name such such a, such states or whatever." And it's like, oh, cool, that's kind of like the rich neighborhood, but it was the rich neighborhood in their time, and yeah, now, now it's kind of the slums.
1: Now it's
0: kind of the crappy neighborhood in, in 2015.
2: And and sadly, I mean, but that's that happens a lot. You know, there's a lot of neighborhoods where it was like this was the nice neighborhood when I was growing up, and now everybody's moved out of it and moved somewhere else, and it's kind of the not so nice side of town now. I loved to be again that towards the end. It, I love the way that they showed the scenes that we had already seen in the previous movie it's from a an different angle. You know, hey, how
0: they cut in the movie and i'm sure some of their shots were from you know the original film just from a different camera angle and they decided to do it this way and because it was from that different angle but they do a very good job on 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 melding that stuff in
2: um and of course we've talked about the cliffhanger what about negatives do you guys have any negatives there are none because this movie is perfect any other negatives Uh, I mean, I'm going to throw out one just glaring, obviously, obvious one that I think factors into that creep factor for me. We had to like point out his mom's boob job in the, you know, Biff reality and make that very prominent.
0: Well, that goes back to the whole, um, there's a running gag in all the movies about him, like getting knocked out and waking up in a bed and he wakes up with either. With his, with his mom, you know, and, and so it's a running gag and it does happen in, in the third one, but it's not really his mom. It's his great grandmother in it or something. Yeah. It's his great grandmother because the baby is his grandfather, is his great, is his grandfather. Yeah, that's
4: right. Close. Leah Thompson, who usually portrays Marty's mother, Lorraine, also portrays his great, great grandmother, Maggie. The baby in the third movie is Marty's great grandfather, William. On the DVD commentary, co-writer Bob Gale said the creative team felt it important to include Leah Thompson in the third movie. And even though Maggie McFly is not an ancestor of Lorraine, he imagined the McFly men were genetically predisposed to being attracted to women who look like Leah Thompson.
2: But yeah, I, I, I don't know. That just kind of upped the creep factor for me, you know. And, and You were the
0: one that wanted me to
2: get these things. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Anything else? I thought another thing that was kind of messy in those first two thirds of the movie was the acting. I mean, these are really good actors. And like I said, things kind of slow down in that last third and get better. But in those first two thirds, everybody is over the top, especially Biff's grandson and Marty's son. I mean, they are over the top bully and nerd, respectively. And it just I, I don't know. It just seemed like they went a little bit too far with that. It's also a bizarre trope. I, I don't think they did it with the first movie because they they weren't doubling up on characters yet. But the whole thing where Marty's kids look exactly like him and yeah. Griff looks exactly like his grandfather Biff, I don't know. That's just a weird trope to me. And, and Dave, like you said, it does kind of sort of continue into the third movie too. Uh, but that that's something that eh, I'm, I'm not that crazy. Oh
0: yeah, I forgot the I forgot the whole other greatest like foreshadowing is in the in the history lesson at the casino. It talks about, like, it all began with his great-grandfather Mad Dog Tannen.
3: <laughs>
0: and it's like, oh, yeah, we're gonna run into that guy in the next movie.
1: Oh, yeah, and actually I have a little piece of trivia uh, on that from IMDb. Uh, if you notice, Biff Tannen in that little video clip does not look quite like he does in Back to the Future 3. Even though they filmed the two movies back-to-back, they didn't Intermission too terribly much the the whole thing where Jennifer is put on the swing set or swing set or sofa or something on her front porch. They did come back later <clears throat> after the sun came up to film the other part of that that happened in Back in Future Three, but otherwise there were still some things that were a little bit far apart. So when they had that little video clip of Biff Tannen, that is actually. um some conceptual makeup, but they didn't have the look quite down yet. So that's why he does look different later on in uh, the third movie.
0: Then maybe that's why that photo is a little blurry. Yeah. Yeah. Cause, cause it does look, f- that photo actually almost looks real because I, you know, it's one of those where that's kind of the photo quality you would expect from the 1880s. And, and so I guess in a way it, you, you it, maybe that's why it was kind of blurry like that. Cause we're like, we're not really sure if that's what he's going to look like. Which, there's going to be some trivia in the third one, too, because I know of one big one
1: that oh, yeah, I can't yeah. talk about right now. And um, let me see. I've got a few more things, but I, I kind of need to save something for lightning round. But, Dave, I think you mentioned something about the hover cars. I think that the hover car thing, the special effects for them, it, I'm sure they were amazing at the time. And some they still uh, hold up to a certain extent. But I would say they're good about half the time. And then the other half the time, not as much. It, it, it's, a, it's a weird half and half thing.
0: Well, they're <clears throat> one of the worst ones is when they're taking off and landing yeah. And, yeah. and, 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 uh, you know, it's cause I think if I'm not mistaken, that ramp, there's a ramp next to the car and that's the worst one. There's a ramp next to the courthouse in which are, one of the cars is taking off and you see, the, you see the car driving up the ramp and it looks fine. And it kind of cuts back to them saying something, and it cuts back. And if you pay attention, you can actually see that car take off, and it's really obvious how how it goes into animation. But the funny thing is, is I think if I'm not mistaken, the stunt guys loved having to redo that shot because the ramp was built where we had a nice gentle slope up, but it was they needed to get the car out of the shot as fast as possible. So the backside of the ramp was basically just like a 90 degree drop, and supposedly the stunt guys just loved to like. Okay, you get to drive the car, and they drive up. And so, because when they knew they got to the top, they had to like gun it. So they just ended up with this like fun little roller coaster ride where we're like, "Woo!" to like get out of the shot so fast so that they could uh, they could do it. And the, from what I understand, that was actually a fun part for the, the stunt guys to get to drive the little car up the ramps because they knew the other side was just basically a straight slide.
2: All right, gentlemen, we have about approached that time, gentlemen.
3: Who here is a gentleman?
2: <laughs> okay, it's, it's, will...
0: one, it's one gentleman, it's an honest guy, and it's a pervert and a kid.
2: <laughs> Where we will um, Wait, do who's our the kid? lightning round. Off and the clock lightning round. <laughs> so let's get to our lightning round. Everybody get your dice and roll for initiative.
0: No, 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 no. There's no initiative this time. Andrew gets to go first because he's still trying to defend this movie.
2: Oh.
3: Mm-hmm. Uh, dang it! I rolled an eighteen anyway. Dang, I rolled Five. a
2: twenty. <laughs> I got oh. a ten.
3: I still have to go first, Donna.
2: I'll go first. I don't mind. <sighs> Thank God. <laughs> he rolled a twenty. Does that
3: mean he gets five extra seconds? We should totally do that. If you roll a 20, you get five extra <laughs> seconds. If you roll a one, then you only get to talk about like five negatives seconds. or something. <laughs> okay.
2: okay, ready? Yeah, go for it, Todd. Okay, and go. This is a fun movie. It's a great segue movie between the two. Um, I do think they kind of tried to cram a little bit too much in and some of it is a little unpleasant, especially in the middle. Um, I'm I kind of agree with these guys. That might be intentional. It may be intentional that that's the feel that they wanted. But just power through it. Get to the fun at the end. And and enjoy this movie. I will say that they didn't get up to um, 88 miles an hour at the end when he travels back in (laughs) town.
3: Gotta get back in town. All right, Andrew. That's not me. No, no, Andrew's not here. No. Andrew, no. casa. Okay, ready? I guess. And go. I mean, this movie is absolutely perfect. The beginning gets you like sort of excited about all the special effects and stuff, which were excellently made and have zero flaws whatsoever. Um, and then the middle kind of gets you feeling down. It gets you feeling this is the negatives that could happen if they don't succeed. This is what could be the future, 100%. So it it gets you in the frame of mind you need to be. And then the ending is just perfect. It's good. 30 minutes of them just being around in 85, I think, and just doing the same stuff, but better. And then obviously the perfect cliffhanger. So it's a perfect movie.
0: (laughs) You know, you can go to hell for lying, right?
3: Uh, You know, you can go to hell for uh, dissing back to the future too, right? The lightning is coming through the microphone. (laughs)
2: Yeah. Dave, you're up next. Ready? <clears throat> and go.
0: I've got 30 seconds to put out a request to our entire fan base and to anybody else that may pick this up. I want to see somebody do a decent little YouTube video of the office that receives the letter that they're supposed to deliver a hundred and some years from 1885 to 1955. And what those guys that all work in that office think about this package at Western Union and this telegram and that they're supposed to do, that's what I want to see. It's the one part, (laughs) and I'm going to go on, it's the one part of the movie that you can do that could probably be a fan movie that I think you could get away with. And I think it would be funny if you do it right.
2: So that's what I want. Yeah, actually, that would work. Yeah, that that could be a...
3: And you could even show the part where they're taking bets on if Marty McFly actually exists. Sure.
2: Now what? Would Five even bucks, be re- the kid's not real. Mm-hmm. Really, really funny is if you had the people from the sitcom The Office do it in the Western Union office, that would be mm-hmm. fun.
0: <laughs> do it. Do a whole time thing where you it's them people and have them dressed in 1885 yeah. clothes and then like do like another segment like 20 years later and then like another one 20 years later and it's just like them and their family for whatever reason it's like the you know such and such the fourth and so on and so forth and so basically they they're all like sitting around trying to figure out like okay who's gonna deliver it it's finally time to deliver it and somebody's like you know what I just don't feel like it I'm so tired of talking about this crap just let the new guy do it and then have the guy that actually like did it show up and go okay sure i'll take it
3: just
2: have the temp do it yeah the intern i todd you get to finish this out on our lightning round
1: all right um ready and go uh technologies they got right flat screen tvs picture in picture caller id video phone slash chat being able to use your credit card at home how is it that Biff is such a villain in 1955 and more of a timid pushover in 1985, but back to being a villain in 2015? Why is it Marty and Jennifer are only 47, but they look like they're 57? How did the doc know to go up to the roof at just the right moment where Marty would need to jump off? I've still got six seconds. Hey, after all this time, I'm getting really
2: good at the lightning round. Hey. <laughs> to did DeLorean take doc back in time when he wasn't at 88 miles an hour?
0: Well, it's because it was already powered. It 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 was a it was an overpower. In other words, see the it in the, in 1955 in the original movie, there was no power to power the flux capacitor. So therefore, they needed a lightning to power the flux capacitor for the one jump. So therefore, the time machine would work like it normally worked. In other words, you had to get it up to 88 miles an hour. The lightning had to hit at the exact some point to power the flux capacitor. Boom, he's back to 1985. However, in this film, the flux capacitor was working. They had the 1.5 gigawatts or whatever it is already, and he was up in the air when he got hit by the lightning. It was basically like all the circuit breakers tripped. Unfortunately, before circuit tra- the tra- before the circuit breakers tripped, if there were any in the car at all, it over it overpowered the the flux capacitor, which of course instigated an instant time jump.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't buy it because otherwise, then like any time in the future, once you get your new fusion reactor, you wouldn't have to go 88 miles an hour. You just hit the button. <laughs> well yeah you know, but that's, that's not as that's cool that's kind of what they did <laughs> so, no because he mm-hmm. was like oh when he picked him up hey doc you're not gonna have room to get up to 88 miles an hour you don't have enough road it's like roads we don't need roads and yeah, he still but even flew, if you watch- a, flew <laughs> to 88 miles an hour before he goes into the time job
0: yeah but if you watch that film you know he didn't get up to 88 miles an hour there's not enough distance even when biff is watching him in the second film when he's like this hell seems really familiar I think the 88 miles an hour didn't, didn't no longer was relevant, so to speak.
2: Yeah, I think they do. And just, see,
0: and see the reason it becomes relevant again is because there's nothing to fuel, to, <laughs> to fuel the, uh, um, well, no, excuse me. I'm sorry. There is there, they can fuel it because they have the Mr. Fusion. So I don't know. All
2: right. Cause then they it have to go show, back.
0: It does show the loop, the loop. So, not yeah. only that, if you get hit with lightning, you're probably gonna step on the gas. Just saying.
2: But you're not gonna instantly go eighty eight miles an hour. Todd,
0: How do you know the Daves are fighting again. <laughs> How do we know? I mean, let's let's seriously let's we'll put you in a car. And we'll, we'll we'll start it running and then we'll shoot 1.5 gigawatts of electricity through you. Let's see if you don't go 88 <laughs> miles an hour. Let me put it this way. One of you is going to go 88 miles an hour. Either the car is going to go 88 miles an hour or you're going to go 88 miles an hour once you have 1.5 gigawatts in you. Just saying.
2: <laughs> Did they replace the engine with an electric engine? Which has, Maybe. You know.
4: <laughs> the same question has been asked by others online and there doesn't seem to be a great answer. To me, the best explanation is that the DeLorean didn't have to be moving at 88 miles per hour in a straightforward direction nor for a prolonged period of time. It's possible that, while hovering, the lightning bolt shifted the DeLorean such that it moved in a random direction at 88 miles per hour even if just for a split second. It was probably a semicircular direction considering the swirly shapes of the fire trails in the sky afterward. In that same second, the same lightning overloaded the time circuits. While it requires two factors being satisfied simultaneously, it would be consistent with the first movie in which the car had to receive the lightning and be going at 88 at the same time. It was a hover thing. <laughs> cough, cough,
2: Tesla. Uh, um, it is time. we got to rate this movie. Uh, but before we do, um, I definitely want to encourage all of our listeners to, you know, hey, make your fan videos, send them to us.
4: We're asking listeners to send us fan videos? Wait. What? Hey, Matthew, Miguel. You guys have directing experience. Do you guys know how to make fan videos?
2: A fan video? What is this fan video you speak
3: of? I need a detail. I have heard of fan mail. I think I have seen fan videos on YouTube, but they usually involve using copyrighted material.
4: I think Dave's wanting fan videos as feedback for a podcast.
2: I am an artist. I would not direct a film for YouTube, much less for a podcast. Is
3: it common to send this? Eh, hey, fan videos as feedback for an audio-only podcast?
4: Sadly, I don't know. I just do voiceover work here. I try not to get too involved with these weirdos. Um,
2: tell us what you think about the um, Back to the Future 2 and what you thought this movie rated. You can yeah, read- yeah, yeah. Come agree with me, please. You you could do that by emailing us at discerninggeeks at gmail.com. You can get on our Facebook page, the Discerning Geeks portal, or on Twitter at Discerning Geeks. We'd love to hear from you. Interact with us a little bit. And yeah, let us know what your thoughts are on Back to the Future 2. With that being said.
3: Oh, well, we didn't review. We didn't do the ratings.
2: (laughs) ratings yeah. uh, oh, oh, oh. you're up first you got a of first oh oh oh
3: oh never mind can i go <laughs> back to the outro Not <laughs> who that, am yeah. i kidding it's an a plus if this movie was a brownie there would be three layers and four of them would be frosting
4: no nuts this podcast is definitely nuts
3: um and it also also be gluten free
2: Okay, so an A plus from Andrew. I'll see I, like it. I like it. So for me to quote my buddy Todd, if this was a chalupa bowl, <laughs> A chalupa <laughs> bowl? No, 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 no. Chipotle burrito bowl. <laughs> a <Yeah>. chipotle burrito <laughs> oh, bowl. Chalupa. <laughs>
0: This, Are we doing Deadpool again?
2: <laughs> this movie would have the shell and then some of the bean sauce what? and then another shell and then some meat and then another <laughs> shell and some chicken. And you would think that that would be good, but it just doesn't really mix real well. And so I've got to give it a 7 out of 10. What are there, two shells? There, no, there's okay. like
0: three shells. Wasn't It, it was like beef, shell, beef, a shell. I think there's another beef, and then a shell, and then chicken, and then a shell. It's like four shells.
1: Okay, first, Chipotle burrito bowls do not have shells. <laughs> what is bean sauce?
4: I had to Google it, but oddly enough, there is such a thing as a chalupa bowl, and it can sometimes involve a single shell in the shape of a bowl. But, you said you were quoting Todd because of his chipotle analogies, but chipotle doesn't serve chalupas nor bowl-shaped shells. And, when I look up bean sauce, I actually get Chinese examples before I get Mexican ones.
3: Hello, I am very hungry. Bean sauce?
4: <laughs> it's
0: that Taco Bell used to have when it, you know, you used to be able to take ten dollars to Taco Bell and feed like your entire dorm. What floor. does it
3: sound like, Todd? It's beans.
0: And, and then people complained, and they started saying you need to use real stuff. So they that that's what bean sauce was—that like brown paste that Taco Bell used to use. Yeah, it
2: was the refried bean stuff that they used to kind of like. Because and I don't know, Taco Bell may still sell them. It's been a while since I've been to Taco Bell, where they had like the hard shell taco wrapped inside a soft shell taco with like this bean paste to hold it together um that, yeah that, that was
0: back in the, that was back in the days where if you had ten dollars you could feed your entire dormitory <laughs> floor
2: yeah
0: taco bell yeah. Which I have to say, I miss those days. So screw all you people that b- bitched and complained that, that like, oh, Taco Bell doesn't use real stuff. Yeah, thanks a lot. Because now I go to Taco Bell and I pay $6 for three tacos when it used to be that if I took $6 to Taco Bell, I could have like 12 freaking tacos. But no, you know, hey, sure. real stuff. <laughs>
2: But anyways, okay, so maybe I don't do the bur- the burrito bowl analogy as well as Todd. But, so um, if there was a burrito, it's noble. still. I think it, it that sadly it had that middle pasty thing in the middle to kind of hold it together. And and that kind of messes it up a little bit. So it's still edible. And with the talk of taco and bean paste, my hunger has gone away. Um, it's still tasty, but, you know, it, it, it would be better in better in segments. Um, Todd, what you got for us as far as your rating? Cause I've gone off the rails. <laughs>
1: yeah. I, I question your familiarity with Chipotle. <laughs>
2: yeah. I, I don't ever really eat there. Sorry.
1: <laughs> I, I, I used to eat there quite occasionally, but since the pandemic happened and I, I learned that you could order and, and have it delivered, I've gotten Chipotle on average about once a week. Um, and when I say once a week, that's two burritos, or two burrito bowls and it's enough for around five to six meals. So I'm eat Chipotle pretty much nonstop. I don't know if I could say any more about this movie than I've already said. Like I said, it's, it kind of, it's good, but it starts off kind of messy. It's got a mix of good and bad things about it. Uh, when it goes in, into the future and in that middle ground, like you, Dave, I think it's kind of unpleasant. I think it needs to be unpleasant. It serves a purpose, but it's still unpleasant. And I think the movie doesn't quite come together until the the part that they go back to 1955. It's kind of like that's where this franchise kind of mostly lives and where it does best, except for the third movie. So I think overall, I'm going to have to say that this is still a good movie, but the least good of the the three in the trilogy. I'm going to give it a B plus.
2: <gasps> okay,
3: this is treason. Blasphemy is punishable by death.
2: Dave, what you got for
3: us? So,
0: if this movie was like coffee, <laughs> uh, <laughs> then then you would have to see the first movie as being that nice fresh cup when you wake up in the morning and you're mm-hmm. like, ah, mmm, coffee. But then you didn't quite finish it. And somewhere around the afternoon, You're like, man, I forgot about how good that coffee was this morning. And you forget to heat it up. It's still the same cup of coffee. It's still actually good. But it's kind of cold. And you're like, oh, ooh, ooh, I I need to heat this up. Which, of course, luckily then turns into episode three. That's basically this movie.
2: (laughs) (laughs) So on your... um
0: it is a, sa- it's a, sa- it's a matinee movie. Okay. If you, I would actually still suggest because I think it still holds up, even though, yes, it's a little, it's obviously outdated with the, with the future scenes. It's completely forgivable because I think it is pretty obvious. If you're, if you're a good, if you're a movie fan and you enjoy movies, it still holds up, I think in the test of time, because even though that this is, you're, you're past it you're 2020 or 2021 or whatever, you're still going to enjoy seen that kind of crazy future because i think you get it that it was done in such a a sarcastic manner that it wasn't ever really meant to be specific and so it's still enjoyable and that's how i look at it so i would i would actually say obviously not pay full price for it because it's it's not worth full price anymore sadly but yet it's still a matinee movie that if for some weird reason, your local theater is like, hey, we're showing Back to the Future 2. Come on. Go go spend five bucks and go sit that afternoon and watch it and then go have a good dinner. And and, and
3: then invite it. us to come watch it with you because we will probably if you live somewhere
2: near us. Well, and I think if a theater did that, more than likely they're showing all three. And so you just catch all three and you'd have a really good and day.
0: Back to the Future 2 would probably be sometime in the afternoon. Yeah,
2: Yeah. Um, okay. So that's our ratings for Back to the Future 2. It is now time for us to figure out what we're going to watch and review next.
0: The wheel of insanity.
2: Hod's already spinning the wheel. I hear it clanking like a paradise.
0: Yeah. <laughs> a, a wheel, if anybody can get us a wheel that, that has better bearings in it, uh, we would appreciate it.
1: <laughs> oh, this part always makes me nervous. Because okay, evidently we, we, we only
0: have like two in there and they're fighting each other.
1: Back to feature two. Back to three. 64. Wasn't this 63? Oh, interesting. Okay. Uh, the Chronicles of Narnia, The Lion, the Witch, and
3: the Wardrobe.
0: Oh, uh, nice. Hey, a Inter- fantasy movie.
3: Yeah. If I have to watch that movie one more time, I swear I'm going to kill <laughs> Dave, your girls, what is wrong with them?
2: They, they are. She movie.
3: is three years old. They are three and eight, and they are making me read them, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, and watch the movie with them. Honestly,
0: <laughs> be happy that somebody loves you. Wait, never mind.
3: <laughs> I think this one was mine, wasn't it, Todd?
1: Yes, it is. But but first, Andrew, are you inside of a of a large metal
3: can? uh Someone's speakers are on, or
2: something. I don't know. Do I need to turn it down? Yeah, something.
1: I, I don't know. Well, there's been a bad echo the whole time, but this is different.
2: Is is that sound better? Like, You sound like you yeah, jumped into like- a big dumpster. Metallic sounds echoes. Is this a not a professional
4: podcast? Professional? Oh, mock you. That's funny. Uh,
2: yeah, so okay. The Lion, the the Wardrobe, goodness gracious, two of the greatest authors of all time, C.S. Lewis and Tolkien, you know, good friends. Uh, C.S. Lewis actually was instrumental in, I'm sorry, Tolkien was instrumental in bringing C.S. Lewis to uh, become a Christian. And, you know kind of his travels thereof and then this is a a religious book and a wonderful story i can remember the first time i read it and my kids love it they love the movie so i'm excited about doing this one i don't know if any of you have has everybody seen this one already yes. uh-huh. which one uh, well, the lion the witch and the water. That, that's no, no, a good no, no. point because there are
0: there's be- an animated version i know there's live an old 19. there's an old live action that i know and then there's the recent one that was like what late 90s
2: yeah this would be the recent one that i don't know if disney did it but now has the rights to it uh, it's on disney plus <laughs> yeah, disney owns it now um but yeah, the, the we could
3: are, even do the watch
2: party thing that they have on Disney Plus now. So yeah, I'm, exci- I'm excited. I'd love um, this movie. I love the opportunity to kind of explore it and uh, get into some of the, the mythology of it and depth of it. And I think they did a great job on the movie as far as translating it from the book. So this will be an exciting one for me.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I looked it up, and I think all the other versions were TV based.
2: They, yeah, were, I think uh, so. they were
1: either either TV movies or miniseries or something like that. Yeah, this is the uh, cinematic version.
3: Well, I've got school starting. So who knows when I get around to watch this. So we got
2: school starting back for Andrew. We're going to this one. We should probably have an episode coming out pretty soon where we Sunday. review the... Um, lord of the rings trilogy for one of our special episodes so hopefully we could do tolkien and c.s lewis yes
0: that will be a three-hour special
2: in a uh what? In a time.
0: well it's three it's it's three three-hour movies why shouldn't it be a three-hour podcast
2: <laughs> i'm watching what? the extended what? editions which takes them to like four-hour movies <laughs> Wait, what? Just,
0: just just saying
2: i haven't watched those yet so
3: Hurry up, son.
0: That's like nine hours minimum. (sighs) (sighs) Not if I put
3: it in two times speed. you better have a
0: good damn memory because, see, I've seen all of them multiple times and read the books, so there's not a lot of need for me to watch watch it, just saying.
3: If I put them in two times speed, then I can get it up to 4.5 hours, okay? Mm -hmm. And then if I put it if I use a special program that'll let me enhance that another two times speed, then I can put it down to like two point two five hours. Okay, yeah. data. Okay, data. Whatever. So that <laughs> means if I crank it up to eight times speed, I can get it down to like one point one two five.
0: I could I could like <sighs> hit the open button and put the disc in and hit close and then immediately hit it and take it back out and that would be like faster still.
3: Oh yeah, I should do that, and then I'll be ready. I'll I'll watch all of them.
2: Yeah, shut up. I will <laughs> say this is the first time that I've watched the extended edition, and there is some really good stuff that was added in there. I was. Like, this is
0: the first time you've watched the extended editions. Yeah, you have got to be shooting me.
2: No, I'd always watch just the regular editions. And, oh my god, mm. dude!
0: Like well, as soon as like me and Todd found the extended editions, I've not watched the original ever.
2: Yeah, they've added a lot yeah, of cool I mean, stuff. So.
0: There, there's way too much. If I mean, if you're going to watch a three-hour movie anyway, you might as well go ahead and watch what you should really watch. Yeah. Now, granted, me and Todd were the only people that actually went and saw the D&D movie and learned that lesson, so to say. <laughs> oh, by the way, Todd, Kung Pao is on Hulu. We may have to, like take time out at some point and and see if that whole theory that we've had is still true or not
1: Hmm.
2: well I don't have
1: Hulu but I I can rent it if I have to All
2: right, gentlemen we've run long gentlemen again (sighs) it is time for us to call this an episode three minutes maybe I have enjoyed talking with you enjoyed the movie can't wait till our next episode next time we can get together um uh, but I hope everyone out there continues to enjoy whatever makes them a discerning geek. Have you a wonderful evening. If our you podcast
3: was a Chipotle label
0: You will have the special
3: then uh, I guess you there would be the Shell.
0: You will have the special.
3: What is happening right now? I guess it just You will the have the
0: special <laughs>
4: Why does he keep saying that? I don't know. <coughs> what? It's
0: your movie! You don't remember that scene? Jeez, I give up.
4: I, I remember it, it's just...
3: <laughs> I just want a Coke, okay? Thank you for listening. May he'll force me with you. Always. Do what have the special! Oh, yeah. Uh, okay. Does he not realize how annoying that is?
4: Oh, Miguel. It's a near certainty he knows it. <laughs>
3: no.
0: I love my job.
3: I am still confused about earlier. This is an audio-only podcast, but one of the hosts wants listeners to send in fan videos. Fan videos of what?
4: I seriously don't know, Miguel. I'm telling you, these guys are losing their minds.